Many of us leave home for grad school, to another city, or even to another country. Some end up staying after graduation, some end up coming back home. Being an international student can be an experience in freedom and independence, but the fact that you are far from family and friends may be challenging, especially if you're having problems or if you're having difficulties adjusting to a new place, to a new culture. In this episode, Filipa Carreira Barbosa will tell us about how she went abroad for her PhD, how she coped with the shift and found balance in grad school, and about how she moved back home and transitioned into science communication and science outreach while staying in close contact with scientists in her domain. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to let you know that I've prepared for you a resource sheet to help you take a snapshot of your current situation and start defining your profile for the job market in your areas of interest. You can download it by visiting papaphd.com and following the instructions in the website footer. Welcome to the show. Today, we will be discussing non-academic careers with Filipa Carreira Barbosa. Filipa is a scientist turned science communicator. She's passionate about sharing the wonders of science and the process of research with different groups of people and through all sorts of media. Filipa did her PhD studies at University College London on zebrafish. She's worked at communications offices in research centers and education centers in Portugal and in the UK. And besides institutional communication responsibilities, she has developed and put in place several outreach and public engagement projects in the biomedical science domain. She's also taken part in several non-formal education projects from preschool to secondary education. Hi, Filipa. Hi, David. So please tell us a little more about yourself and about what you enjoy the most about science communication and science outreach. So um, I'm passionate for my work. I love to engage scientists in communicating what they do and what they study and what it matters to other scientists and non-scientists. So I've developed Uh, I'm a, I am a founder of a science educational project called Wonder Science, and, and I develop different outreach projects to give rise to awareness in different biomedical fields. So, and so I work as a scientific officer communicator in different workshops, and I teach as well. I, I teach at Lusofna. Um, and it's a very engaging and rewarding experience. I, I, I also do tutorials in different fields of science, like biochemistry, microbiology. Um, so I love everything in science. But what I really like to do is to transmit science to other people that are not scientists, Uh, at least the ones that are not converted and don't like so much science and try to to making make science more appealing and more uh, sexy <laughs> and try to uh, do this task 
but um, it sometimes it's hard and it's it's in Portugal is not easy but mm -hmm. because it needs a lot of um, different kind of skills, marketing skills and all these kind of skills. That I, um, so my education, I did my PhD at UCL. Um, I was a Gulbenkian student. Gulbenkian is a, a private foundation um, that helps, um, that gives scholarships um, to PhD students. Um, and, and so I start my PhD um, here in Portugal. I did one year of uh, uh, different studies in science. It was a very um, rewarding year. And, uh, and then I decided to go to London to do my PhD in the bench do, using zebrafish and study embryogenesis. Cool, very cool. And, uh, and uh, so you had that first year of seminars uh, and courses in Portugal, and then you went to, to London. Yes, um, I did my degree here at the uh, University of Lisbon, um, and uh, and then we had a five years degree, and then I had one one year doing research in a lab that gave me tools to what is really research, and then all people were talking about Gulbenkian, and I said, oh, I'm I I cannot do it. It's for brains for people who know a lot. And Brainiacs. <laughs> and I decided to, and I said, but I'm sending a letter just, uh, um, I've, I finished my degree. And so I don't know if I want to do science more or if I, go, I want to, to be a teacher or to be a, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a break now. And, and I went to the interview, they select me, but I know that they interviewed everyone who sent the letter. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to interview. The interview was about uh, the only question they made me about being a scientist was, um, "What do you think is your quality to be a scientist?" I said, "I'm curious, but I'm curious about everything." <laughs> and, and then we talked about uh, films and uh, about uh, hobbies and stuff like that. So, uh, and then I had a phone call. I was in the beach and they called me and said, you were accepted. And I thought, oh my <laughs> <Wow>. God, amazing. <laughs> and so, yes, and I had a one year full of courses uh, in different fields, neuroscience, microbiology, biochemistry, plant cell development, every different kind. And we didn't, uh, and we, uh, didn't have evaluation uh, in tests, uh, but uh, and by with we had just it was like an MBA but in science discussing papers and stuff like that so Very it cool. was really good fun but in it was different excellent and uh, and so I guess after that first year you were like supercharged to go and do your research and uh, and uh, that's when you decided to to go to London I guess Yes, uh, I decided. Um, I decided to go to to London because of my. I'm. I'm. Uh, I have a huge bond with my mom, <laughs> and my mom was in the sixties in London during the Beatles. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> during the Beatles moment. And and so I decided like, oh, um, and I have family from my father's side. They are, they are, um, they are English, uh, born, uh, my uncle is English. And so I decided, oh, I go to London and it's, it's easy. It's the same time zone so I can call and everything. So it's fine. And it's easy to come back to Portugal too. Yeah, and everything. And so I was like, and for me, London was like, oh, I have been there when I was 14. And for my first time, I was fascinated. And then said, oh, I'm going, I was scared. I was really scared. But I was really excited to go there as well. So there, there was some uh, anxiety, but but also a lot of excite, excitement, I guess. Yes, because I was two other girls from my PhD year were going with me, Maria João Leão and Mariana Mtilnapoulos. Okay, so you had a little a little team with you. That's cool. Yeah, it was like, oh, we are not going alone, so we can share problems. And we decided a lot uh, already to go to different fields of, mm-hmm. of one was going to virology, another one was going to epigenetic studies. And so he said, oh, we are not going to be competitors. We are going to be friends helping each uh, one another and so we are going in different fields and we are best friends so a little safety network that you had there that's that's awesome so you got to london you actually had some family and 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 friends which is which helps a lot i'm sure because you're still away from home so the phd itself how how was how was the the uh, the last stretch it was hard um it was because my i had a um a japanese supervisor that was, you know, Japanese. It's like they were workaholics, and I'm a Portuguese, laid back, relaxed, easygoing, and so he didn't want to to let me go. He wanted to say, even if I'm uh, uh, finish my PhD, if I stay in the lab nearby to help him and finish some work, and I was like, oh, I want to get in the next stage of my life so it was um it was struggling for me because i'm writing a, a a chapter of the book and so i need concentration and and i need concentration to work on my thesis and so i was at home and we had meetings to discuss and to revise and it was really hard we was like making pressure of me to stay to stay in the bench and mm-hmm. not and so he was always giving excuses not to finish the the reading and i was i had to be faster than him giving the chapters already and everything so it was it was hard but mm-hmm. i had friends who would help me a lot and my family, my mom used to go a lot to uh, <laughs> to London and she helped me in the final stage. So writing the thesis was really hard. Um, uh, I'm a communication person, but uh, on the written part, it's difficult for me. Um, but it, it was good because we are, I published a lot. And so it was a question of organizing what we have written. Um, and so to do the different chapters, but still it's hard work. So if I understand, uh, there was pressure for you to keep doing experiments, but uh, you, you had, you know, you had a goal, which was, I need to finish. I need to publish whatever is in in the you know in the workings yeah. and you had to to uh, manage this balance between 
yes, I need to keep this relationship with my supervisor and, and, uh, but I, I need to, I need to follow my, my game plan. Yes, the thing is that you think about the supervisors and they have this theory and you have to follow this theory and write up what is the theory. And yet, um, and when you are reading, you understand the caveats of the work and the, the theory of your advisor. And he can, uh, during the discussion in my Viva, the Viva is when you, it's the same name in Canada, Viva. It's a defense, a thesis defense. So we call it in in London, in England, uh, Viva. And mm-hmm. so in my Viva, they have loads of caveats. And uh, I remember saying, oh, he's not listening because the Viva, it's only with the jury. It's not public. So if you want, you even can say bad things about your supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. But he was not. For me, his name is Masasumitada. He was a kind of a father to me because he would protect me and it was a, a, a different relationship. It was technically amazing, awesome, but he had a huge gap in the communication skills and we were mm-hmm. a, an amazing team and that's the reason he, want, he wouldn't let me go. It was because of my communication skills and, uh, and he, 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 he lost a bit, but still we are friends and we email, he write uh, reference letters to me and everything. So, but it, it was hard to, to finish, to cut the, the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is that now that I'm writing a chapter about this pathway, it's called the wind pathway. Um, I'm seeing the caveat, and and it's not always what they say. It's like a uh, a strange relation. So you have to know and to have a critical uh, thinking about what they do and think by yourself and and please them because you they help you along five years uh, doing the PhD. So mm-hmm. you have to be nice to both sides. <laughs> yeah. No, of course you need to assert yourself in, in your, uh, you know, your uh, intellectual capacities and your, and your, uh, even your opinions, but also of course, respect them as a, as a mentor, I would say, because yeah. it's someone who has yeah. years and years of experience. They, when they have a, a hunch, uh, they probably base it, you know, this hunch is probably based on, those years of experience and um, so yeah for sure so navigate that balance between uh, okay I understand what you're saying but uh, you know I, I need also to own you know this this project that I'm doing and then I need to understand all the different pieces I need to uh, agree with them myself and I need to make make the ideas and the com- concepts my own but what from what I see so he, he was kind of a mentor to you right it was even because um uh, so I finished my PhD. Uh, I did a short postdoc in Imperial College in London in information in zebrafish. So I helped set up the 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 fish facilities in in the Imperial College because it was their first um, um, fish facilities. And 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 then I decided I was I was coming here. It was a, a very a long time ago, and I said I cannot make it anymore. I I need the son, my family, and uh, all, and to be near them. And and uh, I I was like. I cannot take in anymore. So I decided to come back uh, without anything. 
I came here without a job, saying, oh, I, I cannot be defeated by anything. I, I will take over the world. I was 28 and, uh, and with my PhD. And I thought, I, uh, I don't have a job now, but I'm going to find a job. And so I, I applied to a biotech company. But here in Portugal, it's not Silicon Valley or something like this so it's quite hard and to adapt to uh, to a shadow nine to five in science it's it's not feasible so i think it's it's a struggle and so so you hit the brakes really hard and you did a 180 and and you came back yes. so that's a that's a pretty big uh, and and, and uh, you know a pretty hard, hard transition yeah. so what i'm what i'm taking from what you're saying is what's been important to you uh, since your PhD, I guess, until today is uh, resilience, uh, uh, believing in yourself and, and, uh, and a, a kind of a fighting attitude about, you know, I'm going to reach my goals and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Not whatever it takes. <laughs> I met a lot of people. What is good for me? I was in London. I met people from uh, the bank uh, working in business and what gave me different perspectives of life and working in, uh, in banks, investment banks, uh, working in, uh, in architecture, working. And I also had people working from different parts of the world, which was amazing. So it gave me these different kinds of, of ways of seeing the world. At one time, I was fed up of my PhD and said, I'm going to do an MBA. So I studied and I even had the books for doing the gene math. Uh, and I thought, oh, I might go to do an MBA. But, but then um, when I come back here and uh, after um, the biotech company, I, was, um, I, I decided to go to bench work again. And I was going to Institute Medicina Molecular. Uh, and I stayed there and did a, a postdoc in Zebrafish still. But so that's another research institute. Yes, in Lisbon. Um, and and I was doing neuroscience in um, this, uh, differentiation in neurostem cells, and they announced there was no uh, communication um, uh, degrees or post graduations or stuff like that in Portugal. There was one, and the for, former minister of science and education was not uh, was the teacher, and it was not the minister but he was one of the teachers at that time and he teach me uh, science communication and I met one person that inspired me so before uh, my family was my inspiration my mother was my inspiration but um, uh, but during when I met Anna Gudinu so she was my teacher. She built, she was from uh, some years above me um, in Kubenkian program, and she teach me science communication. And I received an invitation to join Kubenkian again and to go to the science communication department. And 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 so I joined the, having the, the education uh, field to me. Uh, I was responsible for that to do visit. To uh, set up the visits, the, to show uh, everything, uh, to do outreach activities to students, and so I was three years over there, and it was amazing. Anna is my one of my inspirations. I talked to, uh, to her today, and now she's at CERN. Uh, mm -hmm. doing, uh, she's director of science communication in CERN in Geneva. 
Okay, very cool. That's quite a, an inspiring path that, that you, it seems that you have followed. And from what you're saying, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting two things. So you, you seem to, to give a, a lot of importance, and I, and I tend to agree, to the people that you meet along the way. So yes. to not, not fall into the, 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 sometimes the trap of uh, isolating yourself in your PhD or in your, in your research. And, and that, that I think it's, it's a, key, a key point that has come out uh, also in other interviews. Uh, and I totally agree with you. The second thing is stay curious. That's also... Always be curious about life and work. And that you have um, hobbies, uh, uh, dance, uh, um, yoga. Uh, now everybody does yoga and full. full. Uh, but, uh, but stay curious about life. And nowadays... If, you get really isolated. If you work a lot, you get very isolated. But stay curious, stay connected to other things, and um, and uh, also have an open minded and 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 think that you, you try to do what you enjoy, of course. But you know, one of the things that are really uh, important is to develop your social interaction with. Uh, other persons and and to go out and stuff like that um and and how important would you say a grad school and 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 going abroad for university was important for you to open your mind and to oh, uh, i think everyone should do it it's when you are 20s that you should go abroad no or not when you are uh, you think you are more you are not. You are not. Yeah, your your roots are already set somewhere, and you maybe yes, already yes, have a family yes, starting yes. up, etc. Et so when you are twenties or thirties, you should go. You should have this. It opens your mind, and you see other cultures. Um, you see other ways of living. You uh, realize yourself that uh, this is not uh, college. Is not the center of the world. There are other institutes and other. Uh, ways to do things yeah and and you talked about having activities outside of of your of your grad school work and i i, I believe that's that's very important interests activities uh what were your your like uh, venting exits that you had when you when you were doing your phd in terms of extracurricular activities um so I well, I got out. Of, uh, I was doing yoga uh, in my lab. There was a person who was a teacher of yoga, and my boss really was upset when I was like, "Oh, I need to uh, stop the experiment or putting in uh, in <laughs> in 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 a bus for a while because I'm doing yoga." And she was uh, she did retreats and she had she changed her name even in <laughs> yeah she was really cool and uh, her name is Anna Kampa um uh, the, the the name she took is Anna Kampa and she's still in the lab where I did my PhD but she was a um, inspiration I did um I I would go often to movies um uh, getting out at night um and uh, um um but one thing um I I work hard and play hard. <laughs> I was like, I'm, um, I'm going to do my best. But uh, I was like uh, going to the parks. I love museums. And London is perfect to go 
to rest as well is important and to have your mind we go to uh, Tate Modern, Tate Britain, uh, National Gallery and it's for free. So so um, take advantage of what's close at hand in terms of culture for sure. Sure. And what is free if you are a student, you don't of have <laughs> you money. And so it's smart like about what you go. You yeah. buy time out and you go <laughs> seek what is really uh, happening and, uh, and, and what you can do. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is important, um, uh, a lesson uh, that I've learned from Anna Gudino is to be impartial like not to take uh, one side or the other in arguments and in science and sharing opinions like see one side see like i should see my supervisor's side to put myself in others position and that's a question that i learned from anagudinu and also from my mother she's always very good at at that yeah no it's a, it's a very very grown up thing that you're saying there in the sense of uh, me too lately uh, in these last few years and and uh, I hadn't gotten to that place during my PhD but uh I found it more and more important and more and more uh, um, enriching to do exactly what you're saying which is even if you're in a situation where someone is not agreeing with you sometimes they're 180 degrees from what you're you know from what you believe or from, from what you want put yourself in their shoes and say okay why 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 are we having this communication obstacle right now what's going through their head instead of giving way to the the that emotion that defense of no i'm right i you know i know what i want i know i'm sure of what i'm saying so i'm not listening to the other person i I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, working with scientists is quite hard because there's a problem of ego. Just scientists? <laughs> <laughs> no, but because it's about they usually there's usually not just scientists in politics, it's everywhere when it powers when there's when, when there's a little bit of power, there's ego as well. And Uh, and uh, and the ego is is like um it's difficult yes because i'm right and and when you are trying to say oh you should see the situation or you should this you should um uh, discover that and you should try something new and um and maybe you are not that right it's it's quite hard to convince them and and uh, and in science it's not about money is it a, a question about i discover that that's my theory that's that's what uh, i i i agree uh, what i do is it's it, they put theories and papers like their own uh, small babies and difficult to argue with them to make them to see other points of view yeah because when if you if you critique their ideas which are ideas they're on paper they're they take it they take it personally as a personal uh, as a personal attack uh, now i i would like because I, I, i feel that that you know you're still very much in science you know you're still writing uh, you you're still uh, collaborating with people that are on the bench but in the transition aspect you know of transitioning from the bench to communication What are the skills that you that you brought from from your PhD that you feel that are the most useful uh, in in your in your current activities and in your current career? 
Um, so, um, and so I think the communication skills I developed, I was in a, a very international lab from Japan, Greece. Um, so um, the, this way of thinking of being global, um, it was a, a fantastic tool. I, I think I would never imagine myself if I didn't have this, uh, when I brought to, well, on my small project of reaching, writing in English, speaking in English, um, all these tools of being international and global gave me, it was really uh, important. For me, it's a very important for, not to forget um, the society and the people who, who didn't have studies um, and are another. Uh, they pay taxes for us to for my for my research and the money that came from me to do my PhD. So you have to expand science. You have the duty to expand science to them. So it's like it's quite. Um, difficult and, uh, uh, and and hard to make sense to a person that don't, uh, doesn't have a clue what you do to saying, oh, I am doing this, I'm doing that. And, and it, but it's funny, in the end, you, you take, uh, take pleasure of it. Of course, of course. It's one of the things I, I like in science outreach is, uh, is thinking that uh, even if, if people do not have the same opportunities or do not make the same choices and end up uh, either you know not going so far in their studies, that eventually uh, the, everyone should ha should be able to uh, to understand to a certain level you know scientific scientific knowledge scientific uh, information and why like simple example you take a, a drug you know everyone should know. A little bit should understand a little bit why this drug does what it does when I when I take it. You know, be it an over-the-counter drug or something you know more more specialized. So no, I totally agree with you. So it's a, in a way it's a, an an exercise of staying humble and not thinking that you're more than someone else just because yeah. you have a paper that says. Or I have a paper or a PhD or of course I um, sometimes I get frustrated. Oh, I'm not getting this grant. I'm applying. Uh, or I'm not getting it. I've worked so much for this country, or stuff like that. And we get frustrated, and uh, and they don't recognize me. And but thing is, like they don't understand you. And you have to say, I'm working. I'm doing my best in 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 what I have studied. So it's I I have the 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 task now to translate to them what I have done and in a simple language. So and do and I think now in Portugal it's trendy these kind of uh, jobs where you do uh, interface between science and and now it developed in the last fifteen years since I've come it developed a lot and 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 there's a lot of of master degrees and stuff in different universities now, not the single one that I did, um, and it's, it become very fashionable and uh, and and it's, it's quite competitive as well. But but it it's really fun. The thing is, like you get um, from science in the bench. The reward comes six years or after when the paper is published, even you left the lab and stuff like that, you get the reward really late. With these um, outreach activities, it's 
different. You feel the reward in the moment. And and I think that's the difference. It's like, oh, when you finish the event or stuff like that, yeah, I've done it. And it, oh, I felt amazing and stuff like that. So it, it with, with science in the bench, it takes very long. It's very it's very hard to feel the, the reward in in in, in terms of uh, 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 psychological and uh, emotional uh, you don't feel the reward in so it takes very long time to feel it mm-hmm. and, and yes and uh, what i've been getting from from the from these interviews and, and from this podcast is uh, a lot of the reward you know when you're in grad school the the big reward is a, a paper or papers that you publish right and then fin- and then having also your degree but uh i feel that there's there's this invisible reward that each day that you're you know reading articles uh, uh writing up uh, summaries writing up reviews uh that you get uh, that you get organically which is which is uh, all those transferable skills of being someone who can be focused, uh, you know, very long time, very, very focused, researching a very pointy uh, subject, um, and then being able to to do problem solving, sometimes very abstract problem solving. Uh, and, and these are things that people may not uh, account in their, in their sheet of, oh, what I, you know, what was the reward versus what was the effort. But, um, but then, when you're, you know, like you, you're now doing many different projects, and I, I feel that in all of these projects that you have, somehow the skills that you perfected and that you trained yourself to apply during your PhD, you now use them every day, and and it's not such a tangible reward, but it's there, and and it's there forever. Even, you know, it's more more forever than than the paper that that you published. Uh, in my in 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 my opinion, I, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, what I agree most is like um, in the end of the day, I I can go to bed and sleep <laughs> really well because I was like I am not uh, stealing anything. I I'm able to uh, do what I love. And what how many people can say they work in what what they love because. Um, so many people work uh, doing stuff for, of course, they can have like um, uh, holidays in resorts or stuff like that and, and all these amazing things, but but they spend their daily life doing things that, uh, and my mother did that for almost 35 years, doing things that really don't like. Philippa, our, t- our time is, you know, we're getting to the, the, the end of our, our time. This, you know, it's, it's more or less an hour. And there's, there's just a couple of things that I'd like to touch. And, and uh, you said something before that, that, um, that uh, touches one of the points that I still, that I still wanted to, to talk about. So what I would like uh, to, to hear from you is, first, how uh, mindfulness integrates in your day-to-day schedule, in your day-to-day life, and and also what tools or what skills have you learned that have uh, because I feel that when you're in a in a PhD or, or in a master's, you're so you're so uh, deep into it that 
you know, you, you, you're probably not taking courses in building a, a good CV, uh, you know, communication skills, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, can I touch upon the mindfulness aspect? And then also, uh, you know, w- once your mind is, is at ease and you're mindful, what are the tools that you use to be at your best when, when having to promote an idea or a project? So about mindfulness, um, it was recently in the last year uh, or something uh, that uh, I started doing it. And uh, it was a friend um, that taught, taught me and, and a lot of things in the internet. And, and it's like seizing the moment and watching uh, stop like I do uh, a page of uh, I do I try to set up goals even if they are small um, I, I do uh, I set up a goal and when I finish I said now I'm gonna breathe in breathe out see, go to the um, uh, see what makes senses relax feel my body feel my uh, the different parts of my body um, and so it's it's quite difficult that oh it's 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 ridiculous it's that uh, you don't feel it but it makes sense nowadays and I think the society is only to survive the, the ones who are most capable are the ones who can do it more and you only can reach it if you practice a lot in this in the beginning it will be silly and it will make uh, oh you are doing this and you are uh, just standing uh, and it's it's foolish or just sitting down with your eyes closed and feeling the environment and with practice um you see that you're gonna you're gonna take uh, better better at your work better in your relations but it's not immediately you have to wait along so i'm i'm doing for almost one year and now i'm seeing the results yeah, so it, you have to be patient. So is it is it a way to to uh, calm down sometimes the popcorn of you know that might go on in your brain of ideas and anxiety? Yeah, and sometimes you are anxious and you receive a mail with the, with the reading proofs of the the referees or something like that, and you see everything is uh, red. <laughs> <laughs> you have to rewrite everything, and you said, "I'm not. I cannot do it." Or it's uh, a lot of, and and you have to breathe in, breathe out, uh, and and take a, a mind uh, disconnect a little bit from it, and trying to. Oh, there are things more important, and and do that. And the other question you made me was about tools. Well, it was about when you have to promote or uh, to sell an idea, like tips and tricks that you've used for yourself and that have worked for you. Uh, be patient. Patience is always um, a good thing. Um, but um, it's asking. Asking. Um, what, what helped me a lot was like, I was like, I'm not doing the question. I feel ashamed. I feel uh, I'm, I'm introverted. Yeah, like self-conscious. Yeah, like. Yeah, they encourage you. you know, like, oh, there's no, there's no such thing as a silly question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Never do. Never say you are silly. Be very confident in yourself. Uh, now everyone talks about coaching. Yeah, often here uh, universities have uh, 
departments that actually uh, help you, uh, that, that help you uh, write a CV, that help you even uh, uh, do a, like fake interview, doing uh, a fake interview setting, things like that. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so you talked about coaching. Now, w- one of the almost the last things that, that, I, that I'd like to, to hear a little bit more from you, you've talked about a couple of mentors that you've had throughout your path from uh, your, your uh, supervisor to the, then the, the person at Gulbenkian. If you were able to um, distill you know, the most important lesson that you've learned from, from these mentors and that, that you carry with you every day of your, uh, of your life, what would that be? One or two key lessons that you've learned from your mentors? Um, I had a story of my mentor, um, that uh, of my PhD supervisor. What I think one thing that is important for me, Anna Gudnu, um, the director of communication of CERN, she's a very super mom. She has kids and she's a super mom. And I admire her. Um, I usually call her super doctor, super boss, and super mom. <laughs> Because she's amazing and on doing that, um, and uh, and and my supervisor, um, one caveat, a big um, thing that he he, he failed was um, uh, he used to be very focused on work, and he went to Japan to bring some mutants, and and he went and he when he arrived, I said, oh, did you see your parents? Uh, no, I didn't have time. So you said he went to Japan to get some mutant zebrafish and he did not see his parents. Imagine. And next time he, he went to Japan, his father, he was able to speak with his father because his father died. And now he says, the last time I was with him, he says, oh, um, I, I, don't, I don't feel that I belong to anywhere now because I'm not just Japanese. I'm not, you see what, what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, uh, uh, one uh, advice, one thing is like, uh, even uh, Anna now is in uh, Geneva, but make, have roots, have, stay connected with your country and, and don't forget your family, your cousins, your, um, like, um, you can work, but, but stay connected with your family. And Anna is amazed, uh, I'm amazed with her because she's still very connected with her family. She'll uh, travel around, work all over around the world, work in different places and stuff. And still she can't, uh, now one of their daughters is working, is studying in the, studying in the UK, but She's, she's able to stay connected with the family. It's it's very important. That's a very important lesson. Yeah, don't don't se- don't sever your ties and don't don't lose your roots. Yeah, because um, no matter what, no matter what happens, uh, they'll always be your family. So yeah, that's uh, a, a thing that I should stay from, especially for Mana and Maza in the wrong way. Say I will, I will never do that. I will never go um, uh, if I'm traveling abroad. Uh, I feel that London is my second home, and but I have persons who I go. If I go there, I I need to see them. So it's it's like because they are kind of my second family. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, and so it's like stay connected with your roots, never forget where you are coming from, and 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 that's it. Uh, even if you reach high in your career, you 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 should always be connected. Excellent. That's a, that's very good advice. And so now I, I'd like to to ask my my last question. It's 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 more of a, a small uh, role play exercise. Um, I'm going to ask you to uh, imagine that you're standing in front of an audience, which you already have, so it's easy for you, <laughs> but an audience of young finalists or, or, or recent graduates, uh, just like you when you finish your studies, they have fears they're struggling with, worries, doubts, uh, obstacles, you know, to, to find their place in, in the job market, to define, you know, what, what the next step is going to be and to trace their journey towards a, a productive and a fulfilling life. So what two or three basic strategies or principles could our listeners follow starting today to put in place an attainable transition project? So I think is love yourself. It's like, it's, it's very hard. Some people already love themselves a lot. You can see in Facebook. Like <laughs> 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 in their own posts. <laughs> but, but, um, but, but, but yeah, but it's important to take care of rest sometimes and and take um take a, a a step back and think what I've done, did I do wrong? Be very be very conscious. Um because when you are young you do everything very fast and you don't in the, you you don't seize the moment. Yeah, you go through the motions without thinking too much. Yeah, and yeah, take a deep breath and like think a little bit. And yeah, you of course you love yourself, like pampering yourself and doing this like, oh uh, yeah, I think I deserve. I I've been really quite hard. And um, ever since it's really hard these days. Work life is really really stressful nowadays in every field, and uh, so it's it's really stressful. But if you are doing it, it's because you deserve it, <laughs> and. and and love yourself because it's very hard in in nowadays the, the working life science wise and everything it's hard and so rest as well take holidays so these these projects that I'm into it um, are very demanding so take a rest and go to the beach I do it I do surf um, uh, so I now I did some surf classes and I plan do more because like the connection with nature is something that we are forgetting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's beautiful i would resume it in take me time be compassionate and forgiving towards yourself which is something that i agree with you in today's society we're more quickly critical and negative about ourselves than compassionate and forgiving and and uh, it's it's key it's key to have a healthy and happy uh, <laughs> life and family. So very, very, very good. Thank you so much, Philippa. Thank this was you. a great conversation. We touched so many points. Uh, and I think we could, we could stay another two hours talking. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. And uh, congratulations for uh, Wonder Science. It's a great project. I hope it, it uh, goes you know, further than it, it has already gone and uh, that it grows. And, uh, and uh, hope to, to hear about you soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was really good. All right. Thanks, Philippa. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas, and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests. Music